0: Hello, hello. Thanks for turning on episode number 71 of Upbeat. I'm your host, Parker Kane. I appreciate you guys being here. In this episode, we get to hear from Danielle Lateef. She's the founder and CEO of Badassery, which is a marketplace for event organizers so they can book diverse speakers in the tech and media industries. Very, very cool. Uh, We have a lot of fun talking about a lot of different things, uh, but some of the big ones are how to find your passion, understanding culture, and also how to persist and not be so hard on ourselves as creators creators. I personally found our conversations to be really helpful, and I know you will too. Uh, So again, thanks for being here, you guys. If you would, please follow the show wherever you're listening. I appreciate that. Let's get into it. Danielle, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Parker.
0: Of course. It's a pleasure. Uh, and just to kick this off, could you uh, just briefly share with us a little bit more about you, uh, your childhood dreams, what brought you to where you are now, uh, and just whatever you want to share with us to, to share a little bit more about yourself?
1: Oh my gosh. What a what a great question. It feels like my first therapy session. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, sure. So as you said, my name is Daniela Tafe. I am currently the founder of my own company called Badassery which is a marketplace for event organizers to book diverse speakers in the tech and media space. Um, I typically am living in New York, uh, but right now a little bit out of there since um, COVID's taking over. My childhood dreams, oh my gosh. Well, I think I guess generally I was raised in New Hampshire, which is clearly very exotic, but that's where I am now. Um, my upbringing, I think it was pretty great. The, my parents actually are immigrant parents, so New Hampshire was an interesting place to grow up since it is predominantly white, and my parents are 100% not. So they're from uh, Lebanon in the Middle East. Um, so I grew up here kind of always feeling like tension between two cultures. I think any first generation kid or any, yeah, any kid of immigrant parents can identify with feeling like you're kind of in this purgatory of, of living in, in two different cultures all the time. Um, but I had always been obsessed with magazines and stories in general, so I would always love to um, create my own collages, create my own stories, especially as I didn't see really anyone who Looked like me in magazines. Typically, um, I have very, very curly hair, and I love it now. But when I was younger, I absolutely didn't because I couldn't just <laughs> see myself with it anywhere. Um, so honestly, like I had always known I had loved stories and and piecing things together. I didn't really have childhood dreams beyond like the usual of just eating fruit roll-ups all the time. Like I, I you know, I think it's <laughs> I, I'm like always so impressed by people who know what they wanted to do from a young age. That like absolutely wasn't the case for me. So, yeah, I I mean, I I grew up in this in New Hampshire and then I went to school in Boston. I think generally had the the intention of like working in fashion and then didn't do that. Worked in tech instead, which is like obviously the most fashionable place uh, industry. All in all, I the the short story is ended up working in tech, burned out super hard, uh, started meditating very deeply. Ultimately understood I wanted to do my own thing and and create impact and then traveled a lot and ended up here. So can pause and go into deeper and more deeply anywhere. But uh, that's generally been the timeline.
0: Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and something you've said to um, just in your content that I've seen. Uh, is that you're obsessed with making the world a more connected and inclusive place through community and cultural experiences and events is that kind of what you do uh in your company
1: oh yeah for sure yeah 100 percent. so i mean really my product is my people right so i as i mentioned connect really awesome people from non-traditional backgrounds to speaking gigs um and all of that is to say that yes, it's like finding these people who have very incredible stories to share who typically wouldn't have the opportunity, maybe because they don't have like a chief or a C level like title in, in their on their LinkedIn page or whatever the case might be. And so I do a lot of work to find those those people who I think are just super humble, super smart. Um, and also, yes, aside from like connecting them to speaking gigs and event managers, connecting them to each other. Because I think there's just such magic in coming together. I mean, I guess this is pre-COVID right now. We can't really come together, but um, in person at least. But yeah, I really think shared experiences can can change the trajectory of a lot of people's lives, especially if you create a space that feels really open, really honest so that people can come together and trust each other and, and start having really tough conversations. And then of course, like opening up on stage or on podcasts or on TV, whatever the case might be, like sharing those stories as, as you and I kind of briefly talked about before we started recording, sharing those stories is just so powerful, especially at scale. So yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's been the North star for my company.
0: Very cool. And so would you say that that's like, your number one passion, like being that link, being that connector?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes it I don't know if I love explaining it this way, but it's the only way I can. It's like, it almost feels like a calling. And I don't mean this in any sort of like religious sense, but I, for some reason, just also feel such a responsibility to bring people together. And that could obviously take so many in so many ways, but for me, yeah, I feel because my skills are really understanding people, understanding the stories that they're trying to share, like deconstructing what they're trying to say and, and helping them put it back together in a way that shows their personality and and that is understandable to other people um, yeah, I think like it's it's kind of been it's like really tapping into what I have recognized that I'm really good at and what I really enjoy doing, so totally
0: and would you say? Maybe that's something that like is heavily driven because of your background and like the way it was like uh, how things were growing up.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know that's a really interesting question and something I've been trying to think about. And um, yeah, I think actually it's a lot of it is um, attributed to my actual culture. So yes, Lebanon. I don't know how much do you know much about Lebanese culture, Parker? Like Middle Eastern culture.
0: Full transparency, I do not.
1: (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I love full transparency. That's totally cool. Um, Well, I think it's similar to other cultures. I mean, in in terms of how important family and friends and coming together is generally. And so I was raised in a family that always had dinner together, right? Like there was that micro experience every night. Um, my, even my immediate, I mean, my extended family is considered like my immediate family. And there's always like this sense of coming together and getting to know each other. And, and that being the most important part of your life I mean, like we all call each other cousins, like my dad refers to like my seventh cousin as my first cousin, I'm like, I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> and I was really frustrated with it growing up. And now I'm like, this is so magical, um, especially as like in New York, I, I don't know if you've been there, if other people have been there, but in New York, you're always trying to like find your chosen family as everyone says, because we're all transplants. And so uh, really understanding A, the family unit early on and, and B, how, how to nurture those relationships. Um, through tradition through experiences through travel right like I was so lucky to have been able to travel to visit um, my family in Lebanon or Canada or Dubai like whatever the case was Um, yeah that that was like really really fundamental to my upbringing and it has continued to shape the way that I that I have been running my business and how I've been thinking about bringing people together and actually like the older I've gotten the more I've tried to sort of like dissect the members of my family and their role in this like, quote unquote, community, if you will. So like, my mom is like the ultimate host, right? So I, I take after her and and, like, think about how does she bring people together? What is the experience that she puts on from the second someone walks into the house to the second they leave, Um, because she's known in our community to be like an amazing host, an amazing cook. And so I've really taken to dissecting all those pieces of of my, my upbringing and my culture, Um, So I think to to answer your question, yeah, it is totally attributed to that. I mean, I will say there are obviously other Lebanese people who have the same experience, but don't run communities or don't create their own businesses. But um, I think that fused with um, my my just like real obsession with getting to know people and trying to help them out is has been the reason that I've gotten here
0: love that well, oh, and I actually really love what you said about um it being a calling or feeling like a calling. you use the word mm. too obsessed like I think that is a really key thing to point out for anyone who's maybe still stuck and like really trying to find out what they're passionate about you know yeah. you gotta you gotta find those things that you're that you're obsessively drawn to and like you feel like you have to do it,
1: yeah totally, and it's like I know it sounds like I have everything figured out. I still feel stuck all the time as much as you are like, uh, you know, you have recognized what you're good at. You recognize what you're obsessed with all this stuff. There still lies a lot of, of questions, but I think to your point, yeah, like you hit the nail on the head is right from the bat, figuring out what is going to keep you going in terms of what problems are you trying to solve or like wh- what you what muscle you like exercising on the daily because this stuff gets really hard as does any job not just starting a business even as you're picking a job in corporate or a job in startups whatever it is it's like what's going to keep you going and yeah it's like that thing that you are obsessively thinking about or trying to learn about or whatever that is like that's a that's a great place to start.
0: Well, and that brings up a cool question too. What is it about what you do that continues to fuel you, like day in and day out?
1: Yeah, it's definitely my members. I mean, I, I'm so lucky. I still am a solo founder. I don't have any full time employees. I mean, I of course hire contractors and and interns and and all that good stuff. But I feel like I have an extended team of of my community. So they right now are all based in New York because I'm still in theory running a beta and want to make sure that we are all able to connect together in the same city when we need to. Um, But it's amazing to see them coming together and helping each other. Like I see this stuff in real time because I connect them in a lot of different ways, um, both digitally and pre COVID. I did it um, also in person, of course, but seeing the impact that, bringing people together can can do is is like almost an addicting feeling right where you start I mean I started with a lot of hesitation about like can I curate a community it's not even just you know communities take a lot of work I wish they would self-sustain but it's absolutely not the case so um what, from like selecting the right people to figuring out what spaces or like Slack channels you need to create to like what kinds of events work um, to that seeing how people are really open about a lot of things like, for example, having miscarriages or getting laid off like, like the tough stuff that you don't or I haven't seen other communities be able to um, be really transparent about like seeing that and seeing what I'm trying to create actually work. Um, really just like pushes me to keep going and it's funny because these things happen for me in times when I'm like I am quitting this job and going to apply to like you know uh, Huffington Post or something or like starting freelancing again like these little magical moments happen um, in, in those moments for me so it's definitely seeing the impact there and, you know, seeing them share on LinkedIn or even seeing them like put that they're a badass remember in their Instagram profile on like having it as a job on LinkedIn, having it on their resume and helping them get jobs. So it's like kind of taking shape in ways I hadn't imagined. And so it reminds me to just focus on the people and not about the outcome. Of course, to a certain degree, I always have to focus on the outcome, but I've realized the more I just focus on my people, it, it helps move the business in ways that I hadn't expected. So for sure that they are always the inspiration to everything. Like my job is not to lead. My job is to create the space and step out of their way. Really.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's super relatable. Uh, I feel when you were saying that I was like, I was relating to that. That was resonating Mm. with me because I was just like, you know, I, I work really hard on this podcast. Right. And sometimes yeah. it seems like, why do I freaking do this to myself? <laughs> right? You know, yes. like it gets very, very difficult. But then, you know, in those in those 11th hour situations, like something amazing happens, uh, like you interview uh, a really cool person hear a really cool story and find out that you really, really helped someone, you know. And so Exactly.
1: Yeah, how do how do your listeners share that with you? Do you I'm just curious. Like do they email you directly? Do you have comments?
0: It's kind of all over the board. I've gotten some emails, but actually most of it's been Facebook Messenger and oh, Instagram nice. DMs. Right, um, it makes
1: such a difference. And like I think it's equally important to look at those potentially smaller moments. That's like okay, my work is paying off to some degree. I think we're we as people who start things as creators are just so hard on ourselves all the time and then from the outside everyone's like wow you made all this stuff I'm like it's not good enough (laughs) it's still not good enough and I think you could probably relate to that too where it's like things never feel like they're moving as fast or like as big or whatever it is and I think I've really realized in in the past few months and I think especially in quarantine right when for me having this much more like thinking time can be bad to be transparent because you start getting even harder on yourself in times when you could maybe be with your friends or whatever it is. I think like being cognizant of, of all those moments that we like wouldn't have even had today if we didn't even start this one year ago or whatever is, is so important too.
0: Yeah. Well, and what would you say helps with that? Like, I know, I know you're a believer um, in like meditation and just like, and doing um, those kinds of healing practices. So is that something that, that helps you manage that?
1: Yeah, totally. And I know everyone is saying this, but it's true. Meditation is amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I make time every single day to do it and for an extended period of time, and it's really difficult. And, you know, I also, in full transparency, recently started therapy too, and that's been helpful. But for those who don't have access to therapy, I've realized like what is um, what is, is really helpful is when you're like feeling a certain way or a certain thought comes to your mind to like, just sit with it for a bit and try to understand why it's happening. I think a lot of times because I move so fast and I think a lot of people move really fast, you kind of just try to push past it. And then like, ultimately for me, at least a couple weeks later, a couple days later, I kind of have like a crash where I'm like, why am I unmotivated or why do I feel angry or like whatever it is. And so I think like dissecting the whys of like what we're feeling is really important to just accept it and continue on with it. Or if it's not, you know, if you can't accept it to like really think more about it. I think something more tangible that can be done too is at the end of the week doing like a like a wins and learnings checklist for business. and that and I think we need to start like rethinking the way we think about wins. So not just like, you know, I locked in this giant, awesome guest on the podcast. It's like, hey, you know, like this eighteen year old from Salem, New Hampshire, which is where I'm from, like emailed me and said, like, you know, this podcast was really helpful for my choosing my college career or something. You know, like every, measuring both like qualitative and quantitative successes is, is super important. Um, yeah those are sort of like the approaches that I take, but meditation, I think or like reflection or journaling or like whatever might be your outlet is, is really important
0: absolutely for for people who um I, to to kind of correlate this back to or bring this back to your business too for people who are struggling or in a dark place what are some things they can do to maybe get that more of a human connection, especially right now? I mean, this podcast episode will probably go out in a couple of weeks, but um, yeah. depending on where we are right now with all this coronavirus stuff and and whatever, but what are some things that people can do to, um, you know, harbor those human connections?
1: Yeah, it's a good question and one that's top of mind for for a lot of people. I mean, I think one of the interesting things that's been happening is that the world really is coming together in ways that I'm surprised by as somebody who runs by communities. And there's lots of brands and communities that are offering events or happy hours or whatever it is that would typically be charged ticketed events completely free. So I think it can be really nerve wracking. Like I identify more as an introvert than an extrovert. And so if I think about myself joining like one of those random happy hours with 30 people on Skype or non Skype on Zoom, that feels overwhelming to me. So I think the first thing is like figure out what situations make you feel comfortable because right now there are digital activities or happy hours or events that can cater to your needs. So for me, I've identified that I don't like Zoom calls with more than like five or six people because I feel uncomfortable and I just can't get a word in and like then what's the point for me so I might schedule like a recurring happy hour with my friends or like you know do there's a lot of brands um that are doing those those smaller events too um but I think just like push yourself I think we're used to either like reaching out online anyways this is just like a new kind of way to do it and there's ways to feel connected that's not like just happy hour like I do live workout classes and I feel connected to other people who look ridiculous in my hip-hop class too right like that's a different kind of connection it doesn't have to be like us talking um so I think like the the baseline is figure out what you need and like where you feel most disconnected and then there's different places like different resources there's lots of newsletters that you can sign up for um badass being one of them that shares uh different events or when we host different open events for for members outside of like our speakers we we share that too so um i know that was kind of like a, a whirlwind answer but i yeah there's there's lots of places to go and just like join um either video calls or by the way what i've been doing is like dming people that I typically wouldn't dm on instagram or whatever just to check in that could be like a micro influencer or an influencer or a friend so if video is not your thing no sweat like you can start emailing people or or messaging them on linkedin or instagram like there there are lots of options
0: yeah or even the voice feature that's something so in my yeah. episode that I posted this morning uh, I talk a little bit about that just how I Typically, actually, before all this COVID stuff, like I, I use the voice features a lot in the Instagram messaging and Facebook oh, messaging.
1: Is that like a voice recording and then you send it through?
0: Yeah. Yep. You just. You hold it, hold down on the microphone and speak. Um, and then when you let go, it sends it to the person.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I do that a ton on WhatsApp and on iMessage too. And people think I'm a freako. I'm like, this is better than <laughs> than texting. And uh I love that you do that too. Yeah, that's a great point as well. It doesn't it's like not the pressure of having to respond live. You can take your time. I, I love that, Parker. That's a great idea.
0: Well, and it actually, I mean, it's kind of this in between from a phone call and messaging where a phone call and messaging might be kind of long, but doing voice messages just kind of as you receive messages is actually a quicker way to not only send something, but it's a quicker way for the person to digest it. And then it, and then it still, um, you know, it adds that more of that personal element to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think sometimes when we type, we overthink especially if we're talking to somebody who we don't know super well, but yeah, your personality can shine for sure in audio.
0: Absolutely. Well, and okay. So you've said a number of things throughout all this that (laughs) are very relatable (laughs) and I've resonated with Um, one (laughs) being the calling thing, which we, we talked about. Um, But another one being uh, just getting overwhelmed in your thoughts and working too hard and being too hard on yourself. Uh, Yeah. I know – I mean, you could ask my sister right now because she's one of my go-to people uh, to approve (laughs) Uh content, right? So, like, (laughs) actually with uh, interviewing David Meltzer, like, I wanted to start my own kind of IGTV series and start posting videos that I do with people. Um, And so, I made my own template and it took me, like, 10 hours to make (laughs) uh, because I – just wanted it to be perfect. And then I would send right. it to her and be like, how does this look? And she'd be like, Oh, it looks amazing. And I'm like, Oh, well, like I need to fix this still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so funny that you say that your sister and my brother should be friends because I literally <laughs> every day go to my brother. I'm like, okay, I have a new idea. He's like, what? Like literally how many, how many, he reads all my newsletters before they go out. Like I, okay. I'm glad that you also have like an unofficial family teammate.
0: <laughs> yep, it makes a difference. <laughs> it does, but at the same time, too, I loved what you shared about getting out of that a little bit and maybe finding, you know, more comfortability and just doing doing things as they are and 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 or yeah. as like Gary Vaynerchuk says a lot, you know, documenting not creating, like just being a little bit more present than stressing ourselves out like crazy.
1: Yeah, and it's really hard. I mean, it is really hard. But what I've realized is that. I probably very similar to you would also spend 10 hours on a template for something. And, you know, what I, now I think because I'm going so fast with my startup and because the world moves fast, the world doesn't wait for us to build. Right. So we have to keep up with the world. I've realized that I just need to just it's very lean startup. just put something out and get feedback put something out get feedback and the feedback doesn't have to be direct surveys or whatever it's like are people liking like I've put up Instagram posts I mean I'm not super active on Instagram for my business but like I've put up some that got like three likes I'm like this is horrifying but I kept it because I'm like you know at least I know this doesn't work and then I've gotten some that get 200 and we we don't even have that many followers as an example so I think the only way for me and, and maybe you can relate to get out of my head is to just put what's in my head out. In, in like I mean not in a sloppy way in a way that makes sense for the business or your podcast or whatever like just putting it out and then people what I realized is people are very very supportive like I, you know they're very forgiving they're very supportive and so if we put something out that maybe has uh you know doesn't resonate with people like they'll get it they're just like yeah they don't they'll remember things that give them exceptional experiences not ones that gave them okay ones right so like unless it's really horrible then they're not going to like blame you for anything or at least for me in running communities I've realized like they know that we're just doing the best that we can for for them for our audience for our community whatever it is so yeah it's it's difficult right to get out of our heads I think it's it's very common for people who are trying to build something great but it's it is possible I think I like what you said about Gary Vee and and being a little bit more present with what we're doing um, but yeah everyone has to kind of like find what works for them
0: Definitely. Well, and in what you said too, that reminded me of something else I did in the last couple of months. I started researching a little bit more about sleep and how that plays a role. Yeah. And I actually took like this sleeping test that said that like (laughs) I'm in the same category as like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and all that as far as sleep goes. And I was like, that is, that's kind of interesting too. It makes you wonder if like, people who are creators, people like you who are starting companies, doing startups and stuff like that. Like if they have very similar, like just uh, biological patterns and stuff as other mm. people who have been like super successful, you know?
1: Oh my gosh. How many hours a night do you sleep?
0: I typically am like less than like six hours. Oh um, Lord. Uh, <laughs> but but sometimes, um, I don't know. It's probably not healthy, but like, Normally I'm just like six hours, but then on the weekends uh, or on mm. days that I don't work, like I sleep until like noon <laughs> and I just kind of oh, catch up. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> that's cool. I also don't think there is, I mean, this is the thing. Like I have also read about sleep at not a ton, but, and everyone keeps saying eight hours. I mean, I definitely sleep eight hours only because I just cannot function without it. It's, but that's me, right? Like, I think there are people who are fine with six and under. I mean, I don't know if in long term it's healthy, but um, yeah, I mean, like, I, there's no reason, like, leave it to millennials or a doctor to, like, make a sleep test. I think that's kind of funny too, <laughs>
0: um,
1: to be like, I can't even sleep properly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think to your point, like, it's really important to have a holistic understanding of what is making us up every day. And I think only very recently in the past few years, People have been start, been starting to look at sleep, have been starting to look at meditation, like, you know, for realizing that the your nine to five hours have a lot to do, like, what fuels you in those hours is actually happening mostly after those hours, like nurturing your interests or connecting with people and, and all that stuff. So I think like I... I totally agree with you in in that it's just really important to think about all parts of our life and and how they're overlapping it is a lot it takes like a lot of self-reflection and work and and all that but and there's no formula and I think that's what everyone's looking for is like how do I just become Elon Musk it's like cool like our sleep pattern is like Elon Musk but then how do I create a product like him I don't know there's a lot more
0: yeah (laughs) there's a lot more to it yeah that has got me thinking I saw something funny on Instagram the other day that was like If you want to be like Elon Musk or The Rock or any of these super successful people, then just sleep like three hours a night and work 100 hour weeks. (laughs) It's like, what? Oh, God. It's like, yeah, you're like, peace out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing that. That's the thing, right? It's like, it's never attributed to one thing. And we always forget, like, it's also upbringing, it's also access, it's also all these things that, like, you know, in theory, are we starting ahead of some people because we got a different type of education? Like there's so many factors that, yeah, it's just like a lot. I don't even know where to look anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, I really loved what you said too about, um, as time moves on, people are accepting more like the holistic view of things. Um, personally, I like, if you would have asked me two years ago and beyond like what my thoughts were on meditation, I would have been like, uh, that's a super hippie Portland, Oregon type of thing (laughs) to do. Uh, That's kind of a weirdo thing to do. Why would you do that? But now in the last couple of years, you know, at least for me, but also I'm assuming kind of as a world too, or as a nation like I meet all kinds of CEOs and recovering addicts and yeah. just you name it. There's tons of people out there who are actively meditating and it's mm-hmm. making a huge difference in their life. And it's not mm-hmm. that like hippie thing I thought it was originally.
1: <laughs> I mean same, right? And it's it's only because we grew up I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm twenty eight. Can I ask how old you are?
0: I'm twenty seven.
1: Cool. Okay. So same. Like we didn't grow up in an era where this was in the media. And only until media talks about something is it accepted, typically, right? Unless we grew up in families or communities that encouraged whatever it is, um, whether it's meditation or not. And so, yeah, like, I think more recently than not, we're also getting higher spikes in challenges with mental health, with feeling disconnected, with stress, with burnout, like all of these things. And then you know, people are reverting back to, like, <clears throat> at least in my situation, it was like, how do I take control back of my mind? And it, this sounds like very Jedi and very, like, witchy, but, you know, I I was at a place where you're just not sure what else to do. And, you know, if you don't want to take medicine or, like, whatever the alternatives are. And I think more so than before, like, millennials and whoever, sea level people and founders, they're just under so much pressure that there's just more times that you can crack. And so it's unfortunate. And I think that's why there's been like, this whole wave of of meditation. And of course, it's been around for centuries. But I think, yeah, it's just like a mix of media like whatever the media tells us is acceptable, typically is what's acceptable to It's just like something I had never heard of before.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. true. I love that. And um, well, okay, so this is kind of a question, I haven't asked it to a guest in a while, but I feel like asking it, here today in your experience work and in life what's a number one life lesson that you've learned and a number one business lesson that you've learned and they can be the same too I've yeah. had a lot of people just kind of merge that
1: well my motto to myself all the time is just that everything is figureoutable And I don't think that's in Webster's dictionary. I like to check if that's even a word. But um, (laughs) I think that has helped me remain stable in very difficult times. And that applies to both business and personal. Because, I mean, the older I'm getting and the the more deeply I'm getting into my business, obviously, like, things are getting thrown at me that I just could never, you know, imagine would happen. Case in point, COVID. My business is built on a lot of in-person interactions. Never in my life did I think that I would never be able to get people together for, you know, like uh, for this reason. So in thinking that everything is figure outable, it helps me think really calmly and very creatively. So it's like, okay, so maybe we can't do X, but how about if we try Y? Um, so it's just like it's very simple, but I think just telling myself that there is always a way. A way in, a way out, whatever it is. And sometimes that way just means stopping something. Um, that has gotten me through a lot and has just kept kept me calm. And in making decisions calmly has helped me make the right decision.
0: I love that. When well, I'm thinking that might be uh the title for this episode.
1: Oh yay. <laughs> um, Let's hope it's a word. <laughs>
0: everything is figure outable. I like that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, sweet. I just kind of have a last few questions for you if you're down. Yeah,
1: sure. Of course.
0: What is your favorite word? Is it figureoutable?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say definitely. That's my favorite word.
0: And favorite TV show?
1: The Office.
0: Really? Are you uh, rewatching all of that during this quarantining time?
1: I mean, I don't even need quarantining time to rewatch it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, during this time, I'm watching a lot of Masterclass, which has been interesting, but it's not a show. But definitely, The Office is awesome.
0: Sweet. Well, and that reminds me too, the guy who plays Jim, I don't remember his real life name.
1: Oh my God, what's his name? Yes, Um, he started something on Instagram.
0: Yeah, so he's doing this whole The Good News show or something like that uh, where he is just reporting good news. And then on one of the first episodes, he, he interviewed Steve Carell, which was pretty sweet. But I think not only is Office The Office a good show, but its people in real life are pretty good people, which is awesome.
1: That's a great point. You're not the first person who's told me about this. I need to check it out.
0: <laughs> Definitely. you'd yeah. Considering you love The Office, you'd probably really <laughs> love this.
1: And I love him specifically. He walked by me in Soho one time. You know, there's like a lot of, Soho is like a part of Manhattan, like downtown. And uh-huh. I almost fainted. I was like, a, I mean, I'm not somebody to get starstruck ever, but I was like, the office people are like, I feel like they're my family, but <laughs> they don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out for sure though.
0: Sweet. If you could go back uh, to your five-year-old self and, oh, man. and say something, whether it's advice or just anything you want, what would you say?
1: I would say speak Arabic more. So my parents spoke Arabic to me growing up and still do, but I responded to them mostly in English. There was a certain like pivot point uh, in my upbringing. I think when I started going to school where I translate, I started going from like Arabic to English more. And I wish I had more advanced Arabic skills.
0: Awesome. Well, and yeah, that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, just about how, you're kind of thrown into maybe this like limbo phase where you're in yeah. between two cultures and well, exactly. well, well, what language do i speak, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, uh what's your favorite social media platform and how can people get a hold of you or connect with you?
1: I like want to say TikTok but i've never used it and i feel like i would only say that to be hip, so it's definitely Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get TikTok. Everyone keeps talking about it. I feel like an old lady, but um yeah, definitely Instagram um, or LinkedIn. Those are the two places. So my name on LinkedIn is obviously Daniela Tafe. My Instagram handle is at Danny Fanny Bobani. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those would be the two places.
0: Sweet. And as far as um, being more involved with your company, what can people do there? Are you look like, do you constantly look for more people or do you, do you want anyone to reach out to your company for anything?
1: Yeah, great question. So I only open up applications a handful of times per year. And I will be doing so in a couple of weeks, hopefully when this is out. So yeah, I mean, you're welcome to apply to be a part of the community. I think other than that, yeah, just follow us on Instagram. It's at badassery underscore HQ always looking to have conversations with people. We could do a lot of events if anyone wants to um, give feedback on any of the events or host one, that's always awesome. Obviously over video now, but otherwise any support is great support.
0: Sweet. Do you guys have a podcast?
1: no but every literally you're like the 17th person to tell me i should start one in the past (laughs) (laughs) two weeks i know i really should parker i really should um would you why do you ask i guess let me ask
0: a lot of what you do is centered just around uh people's stories and stuff and i think i think that's awesome for for people to listen to
1: yep on the list definitely on the list (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) sounds good well thanks again danielle for being on upbeat i appreciate it
1: yeah of course thanks for having me parker
0: Danielle, thanks again for being on the show. And to everyone listening, thanks for listening. Please follow this podcast. Leave a happy review. Share this episode with someone. I appreciate that very, very much. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week.